Chapters seven to ten, book six, volume one of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Lars Rolander. Le Mort d'Arthur, volume one, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book six, chapters seven to ten. Chapter seven. How Sir Launcelot behaved him in a tournament, and how he met Sir Turkin leading Sir Gaheris. With that came Sir Launcelot du Lac, and he thrust in with his spear in the thickest of the press, and there he smote down with one spear five knights, and of four of them he brake their backs. And in that throng he smote down the king of Northgalis, and break his thigh in that fall. All this doing of Sir Launcelot saw the three knights of Arthur's. Yonder is a shrewd guest, said Sir Mador de la Porte. Therefore have here once at him. So they encountered, and Sir Launcelot bare him down horse and man, so that his shoulder went out of lith. Now befalleth it to me to joust, said Mordred, for Sir Mador hath a sore fall. Sir Launcelot was ware of him, and got a great spear in his hand, and met him, and Sir Mordred brake a spear upon him, and Sir Launcelot gave him such a buffet, that the arson of his saddle brake, and so he flew over his horse's tail, that his helm butted into the earth a foot and more, that nigh his neck was broken, and there he lay long in a swoon. Then came in Sir Gahalantine, with a great spear, and Launcelot against him, with all their strength that they might drive, that both their spears too brust even to their hands, and then they flung out with their swords, and gave many a grim stroke. Then was Sir Launcelot wroth out of measure, and then he smote Sir Gahalantine on the helm, that his nose brust out on blood, and ears and mouth both, and therewith his head hung low and therewith his horse ran away with him, and he fell down to the earth. Anon therewithal Sir Launcelot got a great spear in his hand, and, or ever that great spear brake, he bare down to the earth sixty knights, some horse and man, and some the man and not the horse, and there was none but that he hit surely, he bare none arms that day. And then he got another great spear, and smote down twelve knights, and the most part of them never throw after. And then the knights of the king of Northgalis would joust no more, and there the gree was given to king Bagdemagus. So either party departed unto his own place, and Sir Launcelot rode forth with king Bagdemagus unto his castle, and there he had passing good cheer both with the king and with his daughter and they proffered him great gifts. And on the morn he took his leave, and told the king that he would go and seek his brother Sir Lionel. That went from him when that he slept, so he took his horse, and betaught them all to God. And there he said unto the king's daughter, If ye have need any time of my service, I pray you let me have knowledge, and I shall not fail you, as I am true knight. And so Sir Launcelot departed, and by adventure he came into the same forest there he was taken sleeping. And in the midst of a highway he met a damsel riding on a white palfrey, 
and there either saluted other. Fair damosel, said Sir Launcelot, know ye in this country any adventures? Sir knight, said the damosel, here are adventures near hand, and thou durst prove them. Why should I not prove adventures, said Sir Launcelot, for that cause come I hither. Well, said she, thou seemst well to be a good knight, and if thou dare meet with a good knight, I shall bring thee where is the best knight, and the mightiest that ever thou found. So thou wilt tell me what is thy name, and what knight thou art. Damosel, as for to tell thee my name, I take no great force. Truly my name is Sir Launcelot du Lac. Sir, thou beseemst well, here be adventures by that fall for thee. For hereby dwelleth a knight that will not be overmatched for no man I know, but ye overmatch him, and his name is Sir Turkin. And as I understand he hath in his prison of Arthur's court good knights threescore and four, that he hath won with his own hands. But when ye have done that journey, ye shall promise me as ye are a true knight for to go with me, and to help me and other damosels that are distressed daily with a false knight. All your intent, damosel, and desire I will fulfil, so ye will bring me unto this knight. Now, fair knight, come on your way. And so she brought him unto the ford, and the tree where hung the basin. So Sir Launcelot let his horse drink, and then he beat on the basin with the buff of his spear so hard with all his might till the bottom fell out, and long he did so, but he saw nothing. Then he rode and long the gates of that manor nigh half an hour, and then was he ware of a great knight that drew an horse afore him, and overthwart the horse there lay an armed knight bound. And ever as they came near and near, Sir Launcelot thought he should know him. Then Sir Launcelot was ware that it was Sir Gaheris, Gawain's brother, a knight of the table round. Now, fair damosel, said Sir Launcelot, I see yonder cometh a knight fast bounden, that is a fellow of mine, and brother he is unto Sir Gawain. And at the first beginning I promise you, by the leave of God, to rescue that knight, but if his master sit better in the saddle, I shall deliver all the prisoners that he hath out of danger, for I am sure he hath two brethren of mine prisoners with him. By that time that either hath seen other, they gripped their spears unto them. Now, fair knight, said Sir Launcelot, put that wounded knight off the horse, and let him rest a while, and let us too prove our strength, for as it is informed me, Thou dost, and hast done great despite and shame unto knights of the round table, and therefore now defend thee. And thou be of the table round, said Turkin, I defy thee, and all thy fellowship. That is overmuch, said Sir Launcelot. Chapter 8 How Sir Launcelot and Sir Turkin fought together. And then they put their spears in the rests, and came together with their horses as fast as they might run, and either smote other in midst of their shields, that both their horses' backs brassed under them, and the knights were both stoned. And as soon as they might avoid their horses, they took their shields afore them, and drew out their swords, and came together eagerly, and either gave other many strong strokes, 
for there might neither shields nor harness hold their strokes and so within a while they had both grimly wounds and bled passing grievously thus they fared two hours or more tracing and racing either other where they might hit any bare place then at the last they were breathless both and stood leaning on their swords now fellow said sir turquine hold thy hand a while and tell me what i shall ask thee say on then turquine said thou art the biggest man that i ever met withal and the best breathed and like one knight that i hate above all other knights so be it that thou be not he i will lightly accord with thee and for thy love i will deliver all the prisoners that i have that is three score and four so thou wilt tell me thy name and thou and i we will be fellows together and never to fail thee while that i live and thou and i we will be fellows together and never to fail thee while that i live it is well said sir launcelot but sithen it is so that i may have thy friendship what knight is he that thou so hatest above all other faithfully said sir turquine his name is sir launcelot du lac for he slew my brother sir carados at the dolorous tower that was one of the best knights alive and therefore him i accept of all knights for may i once meet with him the one of us shall make an end of other i make mine a vow and for sir launcelot's sake i have slain an hundred good knights and as many i have maimed all utterly that they might never after help themselves and many have died in prison and yet have i three score and four and all shall be delivered so thou wilt tell me thy name so be it that thou be not sir launcelot now see i well said sir launcelot that such a man i might be i might have peace and such a man i might be that there should be war mortal betwixt us and now sir knight at thy request i will that thou wit and know that i am launcelot du lac king ban's son of benwick and very knight of the table round and now i defy thee and do thy best ah said turquine launcelot thou art unto me most welcome that ever was knight for we shall never depart till the one of us be dead then they hurtled together as two wild bulls rushing and lashing with their shields and swords that sometime they fell both over their noses thus they fought still two hours and more and never would have rest and sir turquine gave sir launcelot many wounds that all the ground thereas they fought was all bespeckled with blood chapter nine how sir turquine was slain and how sir launcelot bade sir gaheris deliver all the prisoners then at the last sir turquine waxed faint and gave somewhat aback and bare his shield low for weariness that espied sir launcelot and leaped upon him fiercely and got him by the beaver and his helmet and plucked him down on his knees and anon he raised off his helm and smote his neck in sunder and when sir launcelot had done this he yode unto the damosel and said damosel i am ready to go with you where ye will have me but i have no horse fair sir said she take this wounded knight's horse and send him into this manner and command him to deliver all the prisoners 
So Sir Launcelot went unto Gaheris, and prayed him not to be aggrieved, for to lend him his horse. Nay, fair lord, said Gaheris, I will that ye take my horse at your own commandment, for ye have both saved me and my horse, and this day I say ye are the best knight in the world, for ye have slain this day in my sight the mightiest man and the best knight except you that ever I saw. And fair sir, said Gaheris, I pray you tell me your name. Sir, my name is Sir Launcelot du Lac, that ought to help you of right for King Arthur's sake, and in especial for my lord Sir Gawain's sake, your own dear brother. And when that ye come within yonder manor, I'm sure ye shall find there many knights of the round table, for I have seen many of their shields that I know on yonder tree. There is Kay's shield, and Sir Brandel's shield, and Sir Marho's shield, and Sir Galin's shield, and Sir Brian de Listnoy's shield, and Sir Aliduke's shield, with many more that I am not now advised of, and also my two brethren's shields, Sir Hector de Maris and Sir Lionel. Wherefore I pray you, greet them all from me, and say that I bid them take such stuff there as they find, and that in any wise my brethren go unto the court and abide me there till that I come. For by the feast of Pentecost I cast me to be there, for as at this time I must ride with this damosel for to save my promise. And so he departed from Gaheris, and Gaheris yed into the manor, and there he found a geoman porter keeping there many keys. Anon withal Sir Gaheris threw the porter unto the ground, and took the keys from him, and hastily opened the prison door. And there he let out all the prisoners, and every man loosed other of their bonds. And when they saw Sir Gaheris, all they thanked him, for they weened that he was wounded. Not so, said Gaheris. It was Launcelot that slew him worshipfully with his own hands. I saw it with mine own eyes, and he greeteth you all well, and prayeth you to haste you to the court, and as unto Sir Lionel and Hector de Maris, he prayeth you to bide him at the court. That shall we not do, said his brethren, we will find him, and we may live. So shall I, said Sir Kai, find him, or I come at the court, as I am true knight. Then all those knights sought the house thereas the armour was, and then they armed them, and every knight found his own horse, and all that ever longed unto him. And when this was done, there came a forester with four horses laden with fat venison. Anon Sir Kay said, Here is good meat for us for one meal, for we had not many a day no good repast. And so that venison was roasted, bacon, and sodden, and so, after supper, some abode there all night, but Sir Lionel and Hector de Maris and Sir Kay rode after Sir Launcelot to find him, if they might. Chapter 10 How Sir Launcelot rode with a damosel and slew a knight that distressed all ladies, and also a villain that kept a bridge. Now turn we unto Sir Launcelot, that rode with a damosel in a fair highway. Sir, said the damosel, here by this way haunteth a knight that distressed all ladies and gentlewomen, and at the least he robbeth them, or lieth by them. What, said Sir Launcelot, is he a thief and a knight and a ravisher of women? He does shame unto the order of knighthood, 
and contrary unto his oath, it is pity that he liveth. But fair damosel, ye shall ride on afore yourself, and I will keep myself in covert, and if that he trouble you or distress you, I shall be your rescue, and learn him to be ruled as a knight. So the maid rode on by the way a soft ambling pace, and within a while came out that knight on horseback out of the wood, and his page with him. And there he put the damosel from her horse, and then she cried. With that came Launcelot as fast as he might till he came to that knight, saying, O thou false knight and traitor unto knighthood, who did learn thee to distress ladies and gentlewomen? When the knight saw Sir Launcelot thus rebuking him, he answered not, but drew his sword and rode unto Sir Launcelot. And Sir Launcelot threw his spear from him, and drew out his sword, and struck him such a buffet on the helmet, that he clave his head and neck unto the throat. Now hast thou thy payment that long thou hast deserved. That is truth, said the damosel, for like as Sir Turkin watched to destroy knights, so did this knight attend to destroy and distress ladies, damosels, and gentlewomen, and his name was Sir Peris de Forest Savage. Now, damosel, said Sir Launcelot, will ye any more service of me? Nay, sir, she said, at this time, but almighty Jesu preserve you wheresomever ye ride or go, for the courteous knight thou art, and meekest unto all ladies and gentlewomen that now liveth. But one thing, sir knight, methinketh ye lack, ye that are a knight wifeless, that he will not love some maiden or gentlewoman, for I could never hear say that ever ye loved any of no manner degree, and that is great pity, but it is noise that ye love Queen Guinevere, and that she hath ordained by enchantment that ye shall never love none other but her, nor none other damosel nor lady shall rejoice you, wherefore many in this land of high estate and low make great sorrow. Fair damosel, said Sir Launcelot, I may not warn people to speak of me what it pleases them, but for to be a wedded man I think it not, for then I must couch with her, and leave arms and tournaments, battles and adventures, and as for to say, for to take my pleasance with paramours, that will I refuse in principle for dread of God. For knights that be adventurous or leechers shall not be happy, nor fortunate unto the wars. For other they shall be overcome with a simpler knight than they be themselves. Other else they shall be unhap, and their cursedness slay better men than they be themselves. And so who that youth is paramour shall be unhappy, and all things is unhappy that is about them. And so Sir Launcelot and she departed, and then he rode in a deep forest two days and more, and had straight lodging. So on the third day he rode over a long bridge, and there stared upon him suddenly a passing foul churl, and he smote his horse on the nose that he turned about, and asked him why he rode over that bridge without his license. Why should I not ride this way? said Sir Launcelot. I may not ride beside. Thou shalt not choose, said the churl, and lashed at him with a great club shod with iron. Then Sir Launcelot drew his sword, and put the stroke aback, and clave his head unto the paps. 
At the end of the bridge was a fair village, and all the people, men and women, cried on Sir Launcelot, and said, A worse deed didst thou never for thyself, for thou hast slain the chief porter of our castle. Sir Launcelot let them say what they would, and straight he went into the castle, and when he came into the castle he alighted, and tied his horse to a ring on the wall, and there he saw a fair green court, and thither he dressed him, for there him thought was a fair place to fight in. So he looked about, and saw much people in doors and windows that said, Fair knight, thou art unhappy. End of Book Six, Chapters Seven to Ten of Volume One of Le Mort d'Arthur Read by Lars Rolander